What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Watch It and Rank, a show where we review and rank new movie releases just to see how well they stack up against this year's competition. It is 2020, and while this year there hasn't been too many new movie releases yet, we are going to talk about our most anticipated of the year. My name is Brian. I'm Taylor with a working microphone for once. Yeah, I know. It sounds so much better. And uh, yeah, this this episode is, is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about what's coming out this year because 2019 was a great year, but 2020 has some awesome movies coming out, and I'm just excited. So Yeah, what I'm most pumped up about, about it is that like 2019 was a lot of big name franchise movies, but I feel like Hollywood's shifting a little bit to these like smaller, like lower budget pictures that, you know give their creators a little more room to run so i'm pretty excited yeah yeah 2020 was was the year of ending franchises right you got your ending of the marvel cinematic universe like whole big thing and then star wars so yeah it's gonna be an awesome episode uh we're gonna really get into some stuff maybe there's some movies that people haven't heard of that are coming out but who knows i'm sure you could pretty much uh pick my list will be very very studio heavy so um, all right, let's, uh, so you might hear a little, uh, clanking in the background and a little dishwashing right now because <laughs> we just created some stuffed raisin, rum raisin French toast. We've been watching the what? Great British Bake Off again. On Netflix? Oh yeah, dude. It's like the greatest show of all time. Have you ever watched it? No, dude. I, it's always like one of those things that pops up and it's like, you should watch this. And I've just never, it's, there's always a, a picture of like raspberry cake or whatever, which always speaks to me because I love raspberries, but I've never actually watched it. It is so epic, man. I, I've watched, Damn. I watched it like a couple of years ago. Um, and then Shannon and Kyle were watching it and they were like, oh, you should watch this show. So we picked it back up. Oh, dude, it is intense. Okay. So we got inspired, and we had a little Jamaican rum cream, so we made a little stuffed Ooh, French toast with Jamaican damn. rum cream. Yeah, so that was pretty dope. Wow. Would you guys? Did you uh, do that last night, or were you watching the uh, the football games? What was? Ah, uh, no, we watched the we watched both games actually back to back. Yeah, yeah. The first game uh, was insane, dude. The first game was wild. I, um. I'm, for those that, that are listening, I am a Giants fan. Taylor is a Ravens fan. So I'm basically a Ravens fan now, too, because my team sucks. But Hashtag big trust. Big trust, baby. But, yeah, we uh we watched the games yesterday, too. And, man, dude, if the Texans blew that because Bill O'Brien did not kick the field goal to go up six with a minute left, I would have fired him on the spot. Are dude. you kidding me? <sighs> the Bills got robbed, though, man. The Bills got absolutely robbed. How so? Josh Allen was doing some – you know, dumb stuff at the end there. But, th- like, when he was trying to lateral the ball and all this crap. But what right, So that, that blindside block call that happened towards the end of the game that basically, like, sealed their fate. I don't know if you remember, but it was basically like a 15 yeah, yeah, yeah. that, you know, yep. kicked them out of field goal range and totally screwed them. In it overtime, was such a, right? Yeah, it was such a BS call. It was awful. Yeah. But, well, it, it was funny because I was actually at um, a golf simulator place with my sister, her fiancé, and Karen, and – we were watching the game there, but we didn't have any sound. So we actually had to leave right as overtime started. So I had Karen like Damn. in the car giving me ESPN updates, like telling me what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was it was pretty exciting. And then the, the Pats game, dude, I mean, what do you make of it? What do you make of that? It was the most 
tense, boring game I've ever watched in my life. Oh, God, it was so boring. The Pats just stink, man. You can't score they, 13 points and expect to win. I mean, they got stuffed on the goal line uh, early in the game that, you know, was the difference maker for them. But uh, it was just at the end of the game, like they have this amazing defense, right? There's there a couple third down and sort of longs that they just couldn't stop them with like four or five minutes left, get the ball back. Yep. And then Derrick Henry just going downhill. Like it was, it was over, man. It was, it was crazy. Was... They made that all amazing Patriots defense just look like trash up the middle. Yeah. And, and I'm a, again, I'm a Giants fan, so I don't necessarily hate the Patriots. I mean, I guess I get why people hate the dynasty and it's just, you know, they always win or whatever, but I, do think Tom Brady's the best, so I usually root for the best because, like, why not? But I'm all in on Lamar this year. Ravens, it is the Ravens year. I, I just got a feeling. <sighs> See, this is where I'm so torn because I always give you so much shit when you jump on other people's bandwagons, but now that but you're on mine, I'm like, yes, let's go. Man, he's <laughs> just – it's a team you can root for. It's like I, they're just out there having so much fun, and I love that. Yeah. I don't know. The Patriots stunk. Tom Brady's definitely going to come back, though. He's not going to end his career on a pick six. So, yeah, no, uh, no, definitely not. They need some offensive weapons, man. You watch Julian Edelman miss that second and six catch, like just terrible. They they need to get something, yeah. get something going. Julian Edelman um, was just, kidding. but yeah, uh, football. We're going, we're going on to next week is the, um, whoa, little Siri action uh, yeah, today. Today we got the Seahawks and the Eagles and um, the Vikings, Saints. So what do you got? Who who do you got in those games? Seahawks, Saints, for sure. Yeah, that's, what, sure. I'm, that's what I'm thinking too. I, I mean, I, I think, think the Seahawks-Eagles game will be closer than people think. but Same. I don't know. I mean, I was just – I live in Philly. And I was walking outside, and it is cold and windy today. So I don't know how that fares for uh, for – either team but it's going to be a tough game in the air um because it is really windy out but all right that's enough football talk yeah so let's get into some movie news um a couple things happened this week that you brought to my attention that i was unaware of uh in in the er or movie news related topics so hit me with them because i would love to talk about them yeah, so a couple things. First thing that came out that I know, you know, you're a big MCU guy, so big oh, yeah. announcement came out this week. New Mutants apparently is being released in its original form. So basically, for people who don't know, this New Mutants movie, they released a trailer for it for what, like a year ago? It was like April of 2018, I want to say, that they released it. 2018, it was it was that long ago, or maybe it was it was dated for April of 2019. It's gone through development hell. Yeah, so basically this thing has been, you know, they filmed it probably over two years ago. It's got, what's her name, uh, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a ton of people in it, a ton of like uh, younger actors. Anya, it's more of Anya like Taylor a, Joy. Yeah, it's um, got more of a creepy vibe that doesn't really mesh with the kind of themes of the MCU. So Disney didn't really know what to do with it once the whole yes. Disney Fox merger went down. So I think they're finally just throwing their hands up and saying, "Whatever, we'll release it." But what do you think that means? Do you think that's going to ruin some of these characters for the MCU? Do you think it means they won't they won't be able to reboot some of these characters in the future? So it's interesting because um, 
this is a Fox property. Uh, as we know, Fox had the X-Men beforehand. So this movie was shot and made before uh, the acquisition happened. Uh, so when they say that they're releasing this, because first, I mean, it was finished, and then they had a cut of it that was obviously screened to execs, which they just didn't agree with it. Apparently, it was more like a horror film um, with you know very light superhero elements in, in terms of maybe just the characters, which I, I you know, I'm all for because yeah, the first know, I trailer like, was super terrifying. Yeah, it was, and I, I'm all for like having these different um, you know genre movies inside the superhero genre as a whole, but. Yeah, what I what I truly think about this uh, is that it will have no in, uh, effect on the MCU. This is not going to be an MCU movie. This is a, in my opinion, publicity uh, play to keep the goodwill of some of these actors, uh, maybe the director Josh Boone, um, so that when we do cast the X Men and when the X Men do come into the MCU, these actors will, um, you know, be be looked at for roles because I mean this is an ever expanding universe that you feel like half of Hollywood's already been in. They yeah. need they need some more people and the X Men are, you know, they can they can go young with the generation but of mutants. Does this delay the introduction of the X Men into the MCU even further? Um no, because we got the phase four slate announcement over uh, Comic-Con, and a few other announcements of movies, but those are Phase 5. So that's like, we're talking like 2021 and, and maybe even into 2022. So I think this movie, it's already done. It's in the can. It's it's edited. It's it's going to come out at the end of this year, I think. So we're going to not even be done with Phase 4 stuff, and then we got Phase 5, and then towards the end of Phase 5, I think we're going to get more of the X-Men stuff. So I don't think it really has will have any uh, impact on it. Because it's I think basically it's, it's already far enough out, so it's not going to push anything any further. Correct, correct. Yeah, I, I think the X-Men, the way that they're going to do, you know, let Kevin Feige just just work. Let, <laughs> let, let, let the man do what he's got to do because um, he has not disappointed thus far. So, yeah, I don't really see too much conflict with it. I think this is a, a publicity thing to generate goodwill with the all the people that are involved. Yeah, and I I don't necessarily think it's bad news for the movie either because it could still be an amazing movie and like a you know psychological thriller or whatever. But yeah. it just they didn't feel like it matched the tone, and so there was you know kind of in this like you said development hell for a while with execs yeah. going back and forth on if it was smart to release it or not. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see when the movie comes out because he's saying that it's going to be released. Um, he being the director, it's going to be released in their original form, like how the movie was intended to be released. So none of the reshoots, none of that stuff will be incorporated. It'll be just straight up what they wanted. So it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be rated R, but I think it's going to be like a you know more of a like a PG thirteen kind of horror film um so yeah i'm looking forward to it it's not like something that i'm you know that's yeah. going to be on our top 10 list or my top 10 list nah. later on but um yeah so that's what one I think about it one detail though in the news report that was omitted and i didn't see it in there at least there was nothing about whether it was going to be theatrical release or a hulu release ah, so, true you know maybe this is him saying hey the movie that i created is gonna get a release next year and that's his way of kind of like building up the hype, but then they're gonna kind of be like, but it's on Hulu June fifth, twenty. Yeah, I could, you know? I could see it being being pushed over to Hulu sort of thing, but um, yeah, I mean, if it's if it's 
released in theaters, that just generates more goodwill. So that's why I think that they're going yeah. with this. But but because um, Disney comes under under fire all the time, and I don't get it, but uh, they do. So that's that's my thoughts on that. Sweet. Second story ahead. Star Wars going back on a little bit. Obviously, now it's out. Everybody's. You know what could have done? What could they have done better for their writing? Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I think you and I pretty much we fixed all of it in saying that you know the last thirty minutes of the the last Jedi should have just yeah, been cut, yeah. and that yep. we should have just moved the you know beginning of Rise of Skywalker into it. But totally good, totally good. The news story that came out basically says that JJ had a lot more explanation in the beginning of the movie for the Emperor's backstory and how he came alive and how the Final Order came to be. Yes. So do you think that would have made the movie worse, better? It could have been a little bit more of an explain-a-thon. It probably would have even made the pacing at the beginning of the movie weirder. I think it's better that they left it out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably better that they left it out just because – if if they if they left it in and and still gave you the movie that they gave you, it just would have been so confusing in the very beginning. You just would have had so much stuff to to jump back and forth. It was already kind of confusing in general. Um, that I think that they gave you just enough to let you go into your own direction with it. Um, it wasn't anything more that I I needed. I mean, leave that for other canon material if you want to make a book about it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's fine with me. I don't it's not again, it didn't it's not something that would would ruin the movie for me. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, the other piece of the story, I mean, it's pretty slow movie news week, but this yeah. is a recurring segment that we hope to bring towards the beginning of every episode. So, we just kind of wanted to throw it in here to get people used to this. Um, the second part of the story, optional kiss at the very end, the very end, apparently in the script, that kiss between Kylo and Ray, JJ said, yeah, we had it loosely in there, but we were going to film the movie, see kind of how it played out, how the actor shot the scenes. And then we were going to decide in the end if it made sense or not to put it in. And they did. Okay. So So, interesting. uh, Optional meaning like Daisy and Adam had the option to like do it or not, or meaning like the executives had the option to put it in or not in. Like it was optionally in the script, and once they got to shooting that scene, they were going to decide whether or not they were going to shoot it that way. Interesting, interesting. So maybe the sexual tension was not always meant to be there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm glad that they kept it in because I kind of, I alluded to it last week. I felt it. I felt the, the, um, the tension there. So it, it worked for me. It was, um, I, it was pretty good. I'm glad they did it. Same. Um, did you see though, to, to kind of keep going on, on, uh, reports of the rise of Skywalker that they apparently shot a scene with all of the Jedi, that are part of Ray's like be here what? now moment with all of them actually there kind of surrounding her all of force goes. I don't know where this is coming from. Probably my, my group chat with the, with a couple of the guys, but um, they said that they shot a scene. Everybody was there in live action in costume. And it would have been sort of like a Harry Potter versus Voldemort moment when all of the dead are around him, uh, kind of there to back him up. So what, what do you think about that? 
I mean, I th- I thought that was gonna happen when I saw yeah. Palpatine with all the ghouls in the background. I was like, yep. okay, well, whenever Ray says be here with me, I thought they were gonna all kind of surround her and be around her like that. I and wish if you that remember happened. when we were talking about what we thought was gonna happen, Rise of Skywalker. I said, oh, there's rumors that Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker, was on set, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he was there just to shoot voiceover, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, that, I mean, that that's probably what it was. If that was the rumor you were hearing, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the reason. So, yeah, just a little little interesting information that, um, you know, it, it it's funny, man. Like, there's all the hashtags out now. Release the JJ cut, sort of like a release the Snyder cut kind of thing. We're never going to see it, so nah. stop it. You it would have been so, worse it, anyway. Yeah, you're never going to see these kind of things, guys. Like, just let it go. Uh, but, you know, it's fun for people to get into. I'm sure there will be petitions that pop up because there's always petitions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, is there any other stories we got? Or are we, uh, we should we jump into this thing? Because there, yeah. are, there are movies coming out in 2020. Let's do it. Most uh, anticipated. Yes. 2020 yes. movies, top 10. Do you want to tell them uh, kind of how this is going to work? Yeah, so basically Brian and I both went to our own little corners, came up with our own top 10 list for our most anticipated movies of 2020. So oh, yeah. what we're going to do is break it into kind of a back and forth discussion where I'm going to go through my number 10, number 9, number 8. Then he's going to go through his 10, 9, 8. I'll go through my 7, 6, 5. He'll go through his 7, 6, 5. And then we'll trade yep. off 4, 3, 2, 1 all the way to the top. If there's something in my 10, 9, or 8 that is in his you know, seven, six, or five or higher, we're basically going to punt. So basically if I say number 10, you know, Mary Poppins three return to Whoville. And then he says, Oh, that's my number two. We're going to punt that. (laughs) Then we'll wait to talk about it once we get to him. So he can be a little bit more jacked up about it. Is that movie coming out this year? Is Mary Poppins three return to Whoville coming out? Because I can't believe I missed that. that Yeah. 2023. The rumors. I talked to, talked to uncle Bob the other day. So I love it. All right, cool. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Um, I went through the list. I went through IMDb. I went through a bunch of different things because it's, it's kind of tough because there's mostly studio releases that we know of right now. I mean, the festival circuit hasn't gone down yet, so we don't know what, what kind of independent films are out there that will be bought and acquired by studios and then released this year kind of for the Oscar hunt uh, for twenty the end of 2020. Uh, so this is going to be mostly – the bigger studio films, at least for me, I'm sure yeah. there are a couple young or uh, <clears throat> smaller movies in there that will, that we might get uh, get to. But yeah, yeah, I think on my list, there's only one that is potentially not a wide release. Might be Netflix. Okay. I don't, I'm not too sure. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't even really get into the Netflix releases, but, which is wild. But yeah, I, I haven't seen. A lot of those, and the ones I have seen, I'm not honestly too jacked up about. So most of mine are their, wide releases. Their movies are always hit and miss for me, but they've got a couple really good stuff that when they push for Oscar movies, like I, I mentioned it last week, Marriage Story is phenomenal. It's something to watch uh, before the, the awards season because I think Adam Driver is almost a lock. Dude, he's so good. Best actor out there right now, hands yeah. down. Totally agree. All right, so let's do this. Let's kick this off. You go first. What's your number 10 most anticipated movie of 2020? Oh, I'm so excited. All right. Let's do this. Number 10, coming in, James Bond, No Time to Die. Number 10. Punt. We are punting. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah, we will dude, punt. we're punting that one. All I mean, right. That's a first time. 
Sounds good. All right, so we'll go ahead to the number nine. We'll come back to No Time to Die when it comes up on your list. Okay. Number nine, I have the soon-to-be Ryan Reynolds classic, Free Guy. Okay, not on my list. Uh, I have a list of honorable mentions, and Free Guy is one of those that I named. So let's talk about it because yeah. I, w- I wanted to put it on my list too, so give me it. So excited. I didn't even know this thing was freaking coming out. I saw a trailer for it before Rise of Skywalker the other week, and I don't think this is on anybody's radar. So it's basically the premise of the movie, for anybody who hasn't seen a trailer or heard about it, is – Ryan Reynolds is a bank teller, basically inside of like Grand Theft Auto or like exactly. the equivalent of it. So he's like inside a video game and he's like a bank teller and there's like all this shit going on around him. Everybody's getting like shot up and killed and people are jacking each other's cars. And he's this bank teller who basically realizes, oh, like I'm stuck in this system or I'm stuck in this game. I can, I have free will. I can do what I want. So he kind of like goes rogue inside of the game and it looks like this kind of like hilarious comedy and all this stuff but the one thing i wanted to bring up to you is there's rumors i don't know how much truth this is there's rumors that this is a deadpool 3 publicity stunt oh wow uh well he did recently come out and say that deadpool 3 is in the works at marvel studios um so I don't know that I that I believe that it's a publicity stunt, but this gotcha. movie, after seeing the trailer, because I am also very excited about this, it is a movie made for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like it's it's his dude. That guy since I guess the first Deadpool, um, he's just become a America sweetheart. Even though he's from Canada, like everybody loves that guy. Uh, he's funny. And yeah, he kind of is almost just playing Deadpool almost in every movie, but <laughs> exactly. I love it, right? So right. yeah, well, I'm, he's just—I mean, he's always basically played that. I mean, we know him probably growing up originally from like the Van just, Wilder days. I was gonna right? say Just Friends, man, when he or puts just his bat friends. suit on. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, always yeah. that you know smart ass character. So I don't know. I thought it looked really good. Really excited for it. It's um, a cool. It's a cool uh, uh, plot that you know, is not been explored really. It's more of an original idea. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Could have been a, it could be just a turd, you know, it probably depends on the director too. It'll have, it'll have some funny moments in it. Um, when does it come out? Do you, do you have the release date of it or Uh, I want to say it's like a June movie, the trailer, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen the trailer yet, it's very funny in that it's like third. Okay, July third. So Fourth of July movie. It's probably gonna do pretty well. I don't know what the, what else is coming out that week. But Sean Levy's directing. So oh, uh, Sean Levy's the guy from uh, Stranger Things. He yep, is Stranger a producer. Things, Big Fat Liar, Night at the Museum. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, the trailer is so funny when he when it's like from the studio that brought you Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> twice. It's yeah. it. It's just it, it's got a tone that I think is already set by that trailer, and I think it's gonna run with it. It's gonna be a pretty fun movie. Yeah, I agree. So that's my number nine. Pretty jacked okay. up about that one. Yep. Number eight. Get ready to just say punt. Yeah, for sure. The Eternals. Yes, we are punting, no doubt. All right. So the Eternals. Yeah. Yep. The so. Eternals. Okay. Cool. Go cool. Ahead. Cool. What's your number ten? All right. 10? So, so my number ten. I uh, don't know that this will be on your list. Is Top Gun Maverick. That is not on my list. Was close. Okay. It's close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Top Gun Maverick coming out June 26. Uh, I believe directed by Joseph Kaczynski, 
Um, it is the continuation of the Top Gun uh, classic, cult classic. Um, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to this movie because Tom Cruise, for me, never really disappoints. I love the guy's... Say what you will about his personal life. The guy's acting and just his commitment to his roles is just amazing. Mission Impossible franchise keeps getting better. But this movie looks awesome because... It's bringing you back to the original vibe of Top Gun. The music and the trailer hits really hard. But uh, it's continuing the story and kind of bringing it into this new era where I, I want to say it's going to go into a kind of like uh, drone situation where they got to start fighting for their jobs with the with AI and that kind of thing. So, you know, I think it's got a lot of potential and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm looking forward to it too, but kind of for different reasons. I heard okay. I heard it was announced and Tom Cruise is behind it. And then we got plot details on how it's like the son of Goose and Iceman. Yeah. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Just another Hollywood rehash. Here we go. It's going to be yep. paint by numbers. And then I heard Miles Teller was attached. Yes. And I freaking love Miles Teller. I mean, Whiplash is probably my second Ooh, or third yeah. favorite movie of all time. Whiplash is an amazing movie. And then I saw the trailer. The cinematography and just the long shots they did with like the fighter jets. It's yes. gonna it kinda harkened me back to like our discussion with Ford versus Ferrari and the races and the kind of like the racing themes and the racing cinematography that they had. But yeah. with these fighter jets, it looked really freaking cool. And then the eighties music and you know, kinda that so I, I got suckered so into the you know stuff that they're trying to pitch out to people because it's a rehash, but it it'll be it'll be all right. It'll be good. Yeah, to to keep going on what you're talking about with the cinematography, it's this you know this movie was an '80s movie, I believe, like late '80s or something. So to see now like what they can do technology wise with the with the jets and like the way that you you can film that, it's just gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a really fun movie. Uh, they got the volleyball in there, like all that stuff. So again, <laughs> I I'm I'm digging it. I can't wait for that to come out. Um, so that's that's number ten. Move on to number nine. I don't know if this one's gonna be on your list either. Um, it is the heavyweight fight. Uh, we've all been waiting for pushed back from March to November. It is Kong versus Godzilla. Did not make my list. Oh. My honorable mentions. Okay, Kong versus Godzilla. We've been hyping um, this up for a while, man. Yeah, man. So, Godzilla won. Uh, people like to hate on that movie because Godzilla shows up at the very end of the movie only. Uh, he's very not much in the movie. Uh, I I think it's a good movie. I think it's a it's a a good exploration of of setting up the world. Then we get to Kong, which I think is a great, fun movie, too. I mean, these movies aren't meant to, to win awards, change yeah. your mind or anything. They're popcorn flicks. Uh, Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters, uh, gave me what I wanted in just a ton of monsters fighting each other, and that delivered. Was it like a great plot movie? Absolutely not. But Kong versus Godzilla setting up what's going to be an absolute clash between these two titans. Uh, November 20th, directed by Adam Wingard. I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, it'll be all right. So yeah. it'll be fine. It'll be, you know, it'll make a shit ton of money because I'll send it overseas and everybody will eat it up because it's these monsters like killing each other or whatever. Right? But real question is, this is really all I care about in this conversation because I think this movie will just be fine. Kong or Godzilla? Not, oh, who, not, who, not, not who wins in the oh. movie, but if 
because you know it'll be some like Hollywood BS where they're like yeah. both win and save the day. But really, yeah, who if you if one had to die and one had to win, who would you take? So so I don't know if you saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters, but basically uh, in that movie, Gadira is like the main bad guy, and Kong defeats uh, him at the very end of the movie. But you kind of find out that one of the heads has been or has survived or somebody got it and they're going to basically make the mecha Gadira from like all the old uh japanese movies so kong versus godzilla is is very simply going to be batman versus superman they're going to fight once maybe twice and they're going to team up to you know beat mecha Gadira. so yeah so annoying yeah it's, it, i would it's much rather just see a giant scale boxing ring on Mars where they're just both in there and you just watch a 10-round <laughs> fight for 30 minutes. And exactly. It's just all action. Bring in Michael Bay. Who gives a shit? Watch him Ooh. fight. You know, yeah. I think that would be funny. But No, I, I'm with right. you too. It's it's just going to be – it's going to have like the beat lines that you have to to make an actual movie. But when they do fight, who do you got? Do you have Kong or Godzilla? So I think Godzilla would probably win. But I'm a Kong guy all the way, dude. Yeah. So 100% Kong guy. The Kong that you saw in the movie is is been described as uh, baby Kong. So he's going to be full grown by this to- the time this movie happens. So it's going to be a much fairer fight than people believe. But I think I think Godzilla, man. I mean, dude spits nuclear uh, waste out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He's a beast. He's a beast. I just um, love so Kong. Yes. Kong Skull Island. It's a good movie. It's, it's a Pretty. lot of fun. Well, it's an all right movie, but it was super fun. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, like it's a good it's a good time. Okay, so that's number nine. Uh and then number eight coming in is the live action remake of Mulan. Not on my list. Not on your list either. Wow. Okay. Not on my uh, list. this one's coming out March twenty seventh, directed by Nikki Carroll. I am very excited for this movie because it seems like it's gonna be the first of these remakes that is not a uh, paint shot by numbers, shot, shot yeah. for yeah. I I think it's gonna be the first one that's not. They've they've changed some things. I don't think they have the music, like no musical numbers. Um, maybe in like the background. I think in the last trailer, you kind of got a little sense of that. Um, but I think this movie looks looks very very well directed and just it's gonna be, um, it's it's gonna be a new story for for the new generation of Milan fans or you know people of the original animated classic to to get into and i think that it is a film about representation as well that it's it's awesome and i'm looking forward to this movie because it's that that last trailer with all the fight scenes and everything it looks badass man it looks badass i think it looks really good and i think it will be good it's just not on my most this isn't the top 10 best movies that you think are going to come out next year it's the top 10 most anticipated yeah for me Mulan was one of the ones growing up that kind of fell through the cracks. I, I wasn't a big uh, Mulan guy. I mean, you knew that. I watched it, for, like, I think, the first time like when we lived together in Philly. I think that was the, literally the first time I ever watched it. Oh, Mulan. yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah, I remember I don't that. really have that emotional connection. I mean, the stories, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, it'll be very topical, and it'll get a lot more uh, dollars at the box office because it'll be, you know, all rah-rah, female empowerment, all that cool stuff. For sure, but, for sure. Um. And I think it'll be really well done, and I love how they shot it all out there. And, you know, obviously, like, they did it right this time and had a primarily Asian cast, so they're not 
totally whitewashing it, which is yeah. a great thing, obviously. And a good so. and a good cast, it looks like too. I mean, Donnie Yen's in there. Um Yeah, yeah I do just, love my myself I love Donnie, Donnie Yen. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm really looking looking forward to that one. So that's my ten, nine, and eight. So you are up. All right. So my number seven. The Tom Hanks movie, Greyhound. Not on my list. Really? All right. So yeah, not even on my uh, honorable mentions. Really? Yeah, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Greyhound, basically, this is one that's flying under, flying under the radar right now. No trailers. It's basically just announced with just like a one-line tagline that basically just says, it's Tom Hanks, World War II, I believe, and he okay. is the captain of a ship that's being hunted by a pack of German U-boats. So it's basically, you know, a World War II movie where he's like a newly knighted captain and then he's got to fend off all these U-boats and it's about him and like oh. his uh, like immediate thrust into this leadership position and having all having to like basically break everybody to safety. So it's a Tom Hanks movie. It's Who's a World directing? War II movie. Pretty jacked up about it. Um, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, yeah, to to kind of uh, keep going on that, I Tom Hanks always delivers as well for me, so I would definitely be excited to see this movie. Um, Aaron Schneider. So Aaron he, Schneider, I'm not really familiar. He directed. Oh, yeah, he's kind of a new director. He has like a couple short films. Two okay. Sh- two soldiers. Uh, Get low and deep rising. Okay. Know. Okay. But I just well, yeah, trust um, Tom Hanks. The real question is, do you think a German? comes off his U-boat and comes onto the ship and I know says, where you're going with I'm the captain now. It'd <laughs> uh, be a missed opportunity. Uh, no, I think I think World War II always are interesting um, interesting movies because there's just so much to explore there that you don't always see. You know, like you, a lot of times you just think of uh, the D-Day stuff and, and that or, um, you know, Pearl Harbor, but there's so much more that happened. I mean, it's a huge war. So I, yeah, I'm... Looking forward to that as well. Um, I, yeah, I was unaware of it because, yeah, there's no trailers yet. But do you know when it's coming out? I thought it said uh, Christmas. Oh, okay. Date. So it'll probably be tooled as some sort of Oscar vehicle for Hanks, yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure. He's got a couple of good things coming out. Uh, oh, no. Just yeah. kidding. May 8th. May 8th. Oh, Sorry. May 8th. May 8th. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know he's got, he's got a few things for 2020. Um the Mr. Rogers movie's out right now. I got I got to catch that one. Mm-hmm. That that that's a hits home for me. Smaller Mr. Rogers guy. Smaller budget. So it's only a 50 million dollar budget, so that means it'll be more okay. character driven and I mean you don't really need to show a whole lot because you know, part of what is so scary and what's going to draw up a lot of that tension in the movie is that these U-boats yeah. were just you, know, you didn't see them, right? It's kind of yeah, exactly. terrifying monster underneath the water that you couldn't see. So Yeah. Pretty jacked okay. about it. All right, so that was my number seven. Yes. Number six. I don't think this one's going to be on your list either. So this is the Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson movie, King of Staten Island. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I had this on my honorable mentions because um, I was, like, looking, uh, and I didn't have any sort of comedy movies on there. Uh, but, you know, I don't know much about it, so, so give me it. Yeah, so I don't know how much of a comedy – It'll actually be. So the tagline is a semi-autobiographical comedy drama about Pete Davidson growing up in Staten Island, including oh, wow. losing his father during 9-11 and entering the world of stand-up comedy. 
Oh, so it's kind of like a retelling of Pete Davidson's life. Yeah, so it's kind of like his upbringing and how he lost his father and then trying to like break into the New York comedy scene. So obviously there'll be like funny bits in it. There'll probably be some good cameos. I mean, Judd Apatow is just like a genius. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they'll make a good movie. It'll be good to see him kind of like slink back into the drama, comedy drama role a little bit. Because like, like this is 40. That was a little bit like that too. It was sort of comedy yes. drama-esque. And I mean, I love that movie. So. Well, I, I think Apatow always uh, does a great job of kind of having those drama elements in there. They're not just like straight up comedies. They always have a good good plot that you can really build on. Um, and yep. you get an emotional feel to the characters. Like forgetting Sarah Marshall. Come on. That's such a good, oh, such a gosh. good comedy, but also some really good... Um, I mean, Judd Apatow there. is like the comedic director. Yeah, of our has generation. been for a long he time. Is, has been for a long time. Uh, he's the best. He's the greatest. Um, so yeah, that that is something that is very interesting to me too. I'm not the biggest Pete Davidson guy, so I don't know how much, and and that has nothing to do with like his material and and a lot of the controversy surrounding him. I just have never like gone into uh or have heard any of his stand-up or anything he just doesn't doesn't really yeah. strike me as a guy that you know i'm i'm going into to to listen to comedy shows you know i kind of like more like the aziz ansaris or the kevin hearts that have this like theatrical uh bits to them yeah. so well so i think I, I feel the same way about pete davidson i'm not like totally sold on him yet because yeah. i think he's been pigeonholed you know he's in the thick of things with snl and you know, his stuff on SNL is just like fine. It's whatever. But I think yeah. that's also because SNL is just fine and it's whatever. And he's kind of just like dealing with what he's given in the writer's room. So I think this is a good opportunity for him to really like break out. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if after this he gets some more, you know, dramatic roles even lined up if this thing really hits hard. So we'll yeah. see. I know he's been in a, in a, in quite a few movies. Um, that I know he's got some stuff coming out in 2020, but yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye out for, uh, especially given Apatow. I, I, yeah, he just makes some good stuff, and I, I feel like I haven't seen or know what he has come out with recently. I feel like Trainwreck was I didn't really I didn't even see Trainwreck, but I know like that was one of his more recent ones. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, he produces like a million things under the sun. True. He does that? I think it's like the HBO show. I forget what it's actually called, but it's about like stand-up comics. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But he's always producing a bunch of things, so he hasn't. Yeah, he's got his hand in a lot of stuff. In a while, okay. yeah. So that's what I have there. That's number, number six, right? Six. You still know? Okay, Correct. let's hear number five. Number five. Oh baby, I hope this is on your list. I want to just add in a sound effect here that goes. Bill and Ted face the music. Excellent. It is not on my list. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill and Ted face music. Uh, I am very much looking forward to though. Yeah, super freaking. I mean, I love, love, love the original. The second one's alright too. It's, it's like fine. It's whatever. Yep. But I mean, for Keanu or Keanu to basically come out and do this movie after all the like John Wick and everything he's been doing recently, I think it's gonna be awesome for him. Um, I'm just just excited in general. The whole premise behind it is hilarious. So basically, for people who haven't heard kind of the premise of the movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music is, you know, the end of the second movie, they come out, they're these chosen ones, 
they sing God gave rock and roll to you. They're like the, these two chosen individuals who bring peace to the universe. So basically this is, it's X years later and they've screwed it up. They've like rested <laughs> on their laurels and they, you know, have like lost it and the universe is in disarray. So they have to like fix it, I guess. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu has made a resurgence uh, last couple of years. People similar to Orion Reynolds, he's like a national treasure right now. Um, and I think he is also Canadian. What's up with that? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Bill and Ted Face Music. August super excited. Twenty first. See, uh, see, I haven't seen. There's no been no trailer for this yet, right? No, they actually just released some like first shots the other day, like a couple pictures. Um, okay. So it's from Dean Parizat is the director. So yep. you're probably like, who the hell's that? Cause I didn't know who that was either. He directed galaxy quest. So, Oh, yeah, cult classic. Cool. People yeah. love galaxy quest. Goofy um, comedy. So nice. I think it'll be, you know, fits the, uh, fits the tone for sure. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, definitely going to be on my radar. Um, it is like we have, we, we set up top. There are so many movies coming out in 2020 that, that are of interest to us. Um, and like you yeah. said, my this honorable is, mention this is your is most, long. Yeah. yeah, my honorable we'll we'll get into that. My honorable mention list is extremely long. Um, okay, so yeah, Bill and Ted face the music. Number keep five. your eye out. Okay, number five. Seven for you. So, so number seven for me is the Pixar uh, movie Onward. Not on my list. Not, Not on your list. Really. Actually, okay. really that pumped for it. Really? Okay, so Pixar has two movies coming out this year: Onward and Soul. Um, Onward coming out march 6th is is definitely on my list i think we've seen two trailers now it's with tom holland and chris pratt they play brothers who uh on the one's birthday is given his their deceased father's old wizard staff it's like set in this uh fairy tale land that like is not fair is not like built on magic or anything anymore it's just kind of like a normal uh city and they are rekindling the magic by you know getting this wizard staff and finding out that they can bring their father back for a full day 24 hours and during the spell something happens and only half of their father is brought back so they kind of go on this quest to a race against time to you know spend one more day with their dad and i'm looking forward to this because pixar generally has just some great emotional movies that also are really tooled for adults as much as they are kids and great messages. And this just looks like a heartwarming, heartfelt movie uh, that will connect with a lot of people, um, you know, about just spending one more time or some one more day with your father. Yeah. So I mean, all right. So for me, I think the storyline just sounds kind of weak. It's like fine. I, I mean, talking I, about I, I get it you want to bring you are not back. an emotional guy you don't connect with these things like come on like feel the magic of and this. The, like, this is just feel good movie obviously it's pixar animation so the animation looks good but i feel like the creation of the characters is just kind of like blah they're just like pixelized like pixel yeah, i guess pixelized is the word or no pixarized um like orcs they're just like normal yeah. bland trolls. You know how many troll movies are out there? Dude, Come on. See, so make I'm, them like I'm, something else. Make them like koalas or something. And I'm surprised might get a more that you're not more excited for this just because you have always been a guy that loves originality. You don't like rehashes. You don't like that kind of stuff. This is original, man. Like this is 
Pixar always makes or has been making a lot of great original films lately. So yeah. And I'm sure it'll come out and I'm sure it'll be amazing and I'm sure I'll like it. But for now, yeah. I think it looks kind of silly. It's like okay. somebody got really stoned at Pixar and watched Weekend at Bernie's. That's exactly like, what it is. Oh, I guess it would be pretty funny if we just had this dude's pants walk around. <laughs> oh, I just threw on Lord of the Rings. Let's put some orcs in this bitch, too. <laughs> Dude, that's like, exactly uh, what this movie looks like. Uh, sure but yeah, I'm looking great, forward though. to it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get away from Onward because I know you don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, number six for me, I'm, I think you're going to be shocked that this isn't higher on my list, but it's Black Widow. Uh, coming out May oh. 1, May 1st, uh, directed by Kate Shortland. Is that on your wow. list or no? It's my number one honorable mention. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you say number one, number one. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit further down on my list because of the oh, It's not that, that far down. It's freaking six. Yeah. It's number six. It's number six. Movie. Yeah. The, the reason it's at where it is is because of the um, current status of Black Widow. Like, she's dead, right? In our In our current timeline, spoiler alert. She is dead, so this movie is going to be just an exploration of kind of her past and maybe introduce us to a new character that might take up the Black Widow mantle. So for, in terms of that, like I'm not super excited for you know why it's going to lead to here, here, here in the MCU, but I think from the trailer that we've got, the cast that's in this movie, um, Kate Shortland's directing, uh, she's got some some awesome indie hits out there. So Marvel, you know, they, they pull these these directors, these small name directors, and they let them they let them do their first uh, big budget film. Uh, Scarlett Johansson always is always great. Um, Florence Pugh, Dude, uh, Rachel Weisz. I was just the, about the to cast say, is, Florence Pugh is freaking awesome. Fighting with my family. This cast is amazing. Was one of my fun, like most fun movie of 2019. I think it was. Fighting with my family movies. was very good. Yeah, that movie's freaking awesome. I, I, you know, it came out. And I was like, oh, a WWE movie. Like, we'll see how this is. But it was yeah. freaking awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, and she so was great. Me, she was like the best part of it. Tell me why you're excited for Black Widow? Because I mean, it's not on your list, but it's essentially number 11. Yeah, I mean, so not not too many like plot details have come out, and I don't, I'm not as necessarily attached to caring about how it furthers the MCU because, you know, I think it'll be a good movie regardless, and it'll be okay to have this little standalone, you know, little side movie. Um, David Harbor is obviously the man. Always great. Hopefully, this movie this movie is going to be kind of not make or break for him, but. You know, besides Stranger Things, he's been kind of pumping out some stinkers lately. You know? Yeah, as a leading man, right? Like he was the lead guy in Hellboy, and that was just a, a terrible movie. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's great in in just you know pretty much everything he does. I think with supporting the, roles. Yeah, yeah, supporting roles. Yes, but he's not. Um, he hasn't really had a good leading guy kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him in yeah. this as well. But this I mean, this role for him is perfect. Him in the trailer, uh that that was the best part of the trailer. I was cracking yeah. up. It was so funny. Yeah. And you know, this is this is Marvel we're talking here. Twenty three movies later, their track record is just impeccable. Uh so to see this movie get its due, it's probably a little too late. I feel like this movie probably should have came out a lot longer ago, especially given where this is gonna fall in the timeline. But I'm excited. It's kind of giving me a little Winter Soldier vibes, more yeah. uh, more like low-key. It's not going to be a huge save the world kind of thing, even though it will be. But, you know. But also you have to realize, yes, it'll be a big save the world thing. And I think going back to your point about how it's not going to really further the MCU, it's Feige, dude. He'll find a way to be like, 
oh, yeah. I got a cell phone call from an eternal. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. So he'll do exactly. something to try and tie it all together and give you some oh shit moments because. I mean, you think about comic books in general and just the way they're structured. And even, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of pops around timeline-wise, too. You know, it's very... I don't really know what the right word is, but it doesn't necessarily have a solidified place in a timeline. And they can do a lot of stuff where they bop around with different multiverses and things can happen yeah. at the same time because there's so many different characters. So you're not necessarily bound 100% to a strict timeline so Chrono we'll chronological thing kind of yeah yeah exactly. i get what you're saying so yeah that's it black widow my number six number five i feel like this has to be on your list i don't know where it would be though is uh denny villeneuve's dune that's a punt ah uh, yeah yeah i figured uh yeah we'll talk about dune then when when that comes up but i am looking forward to that one so okay you're up number four number four for me trailer just dropped my boy john krasinski can do no wrong a quiet oh. place part two okay not on my list i have never seen the first one. Oh, i don't like horror movies it's not a horror that movie man it's it's like a thriller it's like a. It's no more scary than like a Walking Dead, dude. Yeah, but you. does it like have jumpy parts and that kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't do well with that kind of stuff. It doesn't and really have a lot of jumpy parts, to be honest. It doesn't. Uh, I'll some give it a shot. In there too. It's okay. I mean, well, I guess you don't probably have too much to say about this, but first one, amazing movie, loved it. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. It was cool to see. Obviously, they're married and them do a movie together, and. Um. Oh man, I really, I don't know how to talk about the second one without spoiling I, the first. One. I've seen. I know. I know what happens at the end of the first okay. one. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah. Fast forward a minute if you haven't seen the first one. But basically, John Krasinski dies in the first one, right? So he Correct. dies at the very end of it. So I heard a interview lately, uh, the other day, about John Krasinski talking about the second one and how he went into detail of. You know, in the first movie, Emily Blunt is the nurturing one to the children, like basically trying to give them a normal life. She was the one who was always happy while John kind of had to be the, you know, vigilant one, always looking out, always being like on edge. And then when he dies, he says it's interesting in the second movie because she has to kind of go through that transition of turning from this nurturing mother into the protector protector and provider for the family. So Yes. Pretty interesting. They kind of hark back to some of the themes that are like in The Walking Dead where, you know, the monsters or the zombies or whatever the hell they are, or the aliens, aren't necessarily the biggest thing to worry about in this universe anymore because people, you know, society has collapsed and people are which you know, is evil. Which is the best part about what The Walking Dead got to at some point is like, how does humanity survive and go on from here, right? There's this there's whole new element to explore. Um, yeah. yeah it's, so I there's agree. there's some other stuff too that they quote unquote figure out in the first movie that kind of brings the mythology together a little bit. So I think they have a lot to expand on. So okay. I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, I need to see A Quiet Place. Um, I've heard it's very just quiet. You know, like there's not a lot of stuff that goes on in it in terms of like dialogue. So it's kind of like don't watch it if you're tired because you probably will fall asleep. No, you will not fall asleep. Trust me. You're uh, on edge the entire movie. Okay. That's what makes it right. so amazing, right? Because it takes away one get... of your senses and, you know, 
kind of brings it all together. I think that actually the... Oh, I don't want to make this statement if it's completely wrong, but I feel like the actress in the movie, I think she might actually be deaf. So one of the kids in A Quiet Place is deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she might be. So I mean, they well, won like Oscars last year for sound mixing because it's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah, that's funny you say that because actually one of the actresses in The Eternals is actually deaf. Uh, so huh. interesting. But yeah, um, I will. Okay, here I'll I'll give A Quiet Place a watch, and then I will. You know, I'll I'll watch the trailer for the second one and and let you guys know on a later episode because I. I love John Krasinski, huge Office fan. I love Emily Blunt. I'm pushing for them to be cast as Sue Storm and Reed Richards oh, in Fantastic Four. That'd be I think awesome. That would be, I think that would be amazing. I would even let Krasinski direct because I just he's he's just an awesome guy. Okay, so I'm all for that. Um, and yeah, Quiet Place Two. It's gonna be a good one because the first one did very well financially. Yep. And you know, de- like smaller budget. I'm not sure what the budget on this one is, but great movie. All I gotta say is, last comment on this movie is bathtub scene from the first movie. When you watch it, it's gonna blow your mind. Okay. All right. I will. I'll be on the lookout. Uh, so that's your number four. All right. My number four is one that I am so freaking excited for. I don't know if it's on your list or not, but it is the. Musical genius Lin Manuel Miranda's oh In the gosh. Heights. Yeah, Have you not, seen this trailer? Not on, not on my list. Haven't seen the okay. trailer. Okay. But I don't know. Here's not jacked up about it yet. I saw this trailer like last week. This movie is going to be so freaking good. Um, I just can tell. It has, or the movie is about or it's based off of the play in the Heights written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. For those of you who don't know, is the genius behind Hamilton. It is his first play and is very much Hamilton styled music already. Like it's that rap hip hop music. Uh, it stars Anthony Ramos, who is the guy that plays Philip in Hamilton or the original Philip. And dude's got an unbelievable oh, nice. voice. Yeah. It, it's got, he's got an unbelievable voice and it is, the movie is about a, bodega owner in a uh, uh, New York street corner called Washington Heights that is retelling the story of him, you know, being an immigrant, moving from uh, or saving up the money to move back to the Dominican Republic. And it's a love story. It's about loss and, you know, the people that he's met. It's, 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 it's so Watch the trailer because it is so heartwarming. And the music, man, the music in the trailer, it's got the people dancing around in the streets. Like, it's like a full on choreographed musical, but it's just got this sense of wonder. And if you've seen Crazy Rich Asians, which John M. Chu has directed, that movie is vibrant. It is full of life, it's full of color. This movie, you feel this in the trailer. I'm telling you, watch this trailer. It is so good. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm not like the biggest fan of musical movies. I, mean, I think they're like fine, but I, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's not my most anticipated. Yeah, but did you love like The Greatest Showman, the music in The Greatest Showman? Did you? I like enjoy the, so that. So that's the thing, right? I like the music. Correct. I, I always like the music that are in these musicals for the most part, but the 
maybe it's just like my dumb brain not being able to keep up with all the dialogue to like help further the plot. But it for me, it's kind of like it's hard yeah. to connect with the characters when it's like, oh man, my mother just died. My mother just died. Yeah, but this is when you watch this trailer. It's kind of obnoxious sometimes. When you watch this trailer, you don't get that. It's not a Hamilton situation where every single word is part of a song. Uh, it's it's not that at all. It is. There are there's dialogue, then there are songs, but it's I'm telling you, man, the story of this this guy who like his name is Usnavi, okay? So like in the trailer, it's like I am Usnavi, and you probably never heard my name. It's like Usnavi. What is that name? His parents named him Usnavi because the first thing they saw when they immigrated to America was a U.S. Navy ship. So his name is <laughs> yeah, man. Like it's isn't that crazy? I was gonna stop you earlier and say like. I'm already a little bit more sold just because I like the name Usnavi. Kind of flows. Usnavi. And then, like, Jimmy Smits is in this, ba- Senator Bail Organa. He comes in. He's like, good morning, Usnavi. I'm telling you, man. And then he he says, bon caliente cafe colecha. Dude, it's got me hooked. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. You got to watch it. What's the, in the Heights. What's the Christian song? Cafe Arroz con pollos. Hey, cafe colecha. <laughs> chicken and water or chicken and coffee All something right. like that maybe yeah. i need to see the trailer maybe watch that trailer you'll love it i know you will all right so that was four for you right correct all right number three we're getting this is top three for both of us now this yeah is yeah, yeah. We, and i've got two punts on you and you've got a punt so it's gonna i think we we probably are pretty close to the same things got you um so yeah these top three for me are like a tier far above the rest. Like the difference between my number three yeah. down to a quiet place, Bill and Ted and King of Staten Island. Like there's a big, big jump here for me. So Same. these are like very much the three most anticipated movies I have. Number three for me stems from the director who brought you Jason Bourne. Whoa. Tom Hanks in a Western, a Texan traveling across the wild West. Bringing the news of world to local townspeople. News of the world. So basically, it's a Western with Tom Hanks, director of the Bourne movies. Doug Lyman? Uh, Paul Greengrass. Oh, Greengrass, Greengrass. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's basically this guy. It's the very end of the Civil War, and he's a news guy who's like mm-hmm. basically spreading the word across the country that the Civil War has ended. And then he kind of brings the world like the word of this news to this town and then they like kind of let him in on that this girl has been captured and that he has to go basically and like help rescue this young girl who was kidnapped so i'm a sucker for westerns in general you throw tom hanks in there and then paul greengrass directing with some of like the action sequences and stuff that's going to be able to be put in this movie it's a december release so they're priming it up for oscar season i think yeah this awesome this is intriguing. Um, I did see this on the on the release calendar. Not on my list, but uh, everything you just said is appealing to me. I am definitely going to be looking forward to this one uh, come December. I mean, some of my favorite movies, like 310 to Yuma, right? I yes. love all those westerns. They're just they, – True Grit, amazing. I feel like this true grit, oh. very strong True Grit vibes, right? It'll be very yeah. similar to what – our boy, the Big Lebowski, did with uh, what's her name? That uh, actress, uh, Haley St- Steinfeld. Steinfeld. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love totally agree. 
Okay, STEM. Uh, December release. Okay, I am. I'm. I'm gonna be feeling that one too. Uh, my number three is one is a punt from earlier. It is April eighth. Carrie Fukunaga. No time to die. 007. James Bond. Let's talk about it now. All right. Uh, I'm. I. I punted this one for you all the way to. It was your tenth, right? Ten. Yep. Yeah. This is my number three because, let like, here's the deal. I love James Bond, but I don't love the old James Bonds. I can't watch them. They're just like the the Sean Connery, the Roger Moore's. I can't watch them because I just don't. They're they're too old, and I didn't get really into James Bond until at Pierce. And those movies are just yep. were made for the time of cheesiness, right? They're not great. They don't hold up. The Pierce Brosnan ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you yeah, enter. I mean, yeah, it, you, it's like a technological shift in special effects. And then prior totally. to the Pierce Brosnan era, it was more about the like intrigue and kind of like the mystique of the spy world. So it was more like a Correct. more dialogue heavy. It wasn't necessarily, you know, action blow up movies. Then then you get uh, Casino Royale, this new Daniel Craig James Bond. Casino Royale is an absolutely outstanding movie. It's so freaking good. It brought this new character, gave him a backstory. Didn't it changed Bond? He wasn't a huge womanizer. He fell for a girl, loved this girl pretty much throughout his this whole series of movies. And um, then you you couple that with Quantum of Solace, which isn't that great. But then you get Skyfall. Skyfall. So you got this incredible movie now that's giving you more background to James Bond. Daniel Craig is fantastic. Javier Bardem, unbelievable. It's it's again, these movies are not huge action blockbusters. They have their set pieces, but it's not it's all feels very real in the effects. Yep, um, I agree. and then you get Spectre, which a lot of people didn't like, but uh, you know, I it, it it is what it is. It has some great scenes too. It gives you Blowfield into it. And now we got No Time to Die. Daniel Craig's swan song is James Bond. The the way that they present James Bond since he's been uh, casting it has had this suave, uh, got a little bit of a womanizer thing, but like I just have been digging these movies. Uh, yeah. So I'm really Bond. excited for this. Bond. Yeah, it's Bond. Yeah. It, it's one of those things. I mean, you hear the Bond music and and like the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's just yeah. it's classic, man. So... so- for me, my thought process here was Spectre. I was like, so yeah. it's so whatever. Caitlin and I watched Spectre, like you know, pretty recently when it came on video on demand, and then like I think six months later, we were like, oh, Spectre. I don't think we watched it yet. We watched like the first thirty minutes again, and we were like, oh shit, we already saw this movie. <laughs> That's how yeah. forgettable it was. We we're like, this movie's not very good. So. I mean, but all the other ones, you know, Casino Royale, like you said, and uh, Skyfall is amazing. The reason, though, so I had it on honorable mentions, but then the reason it bumped into my top ten was yeah, Remy Malek and Ana de Armas. Okay, so after you saw Knives Out, Ana de Armas, right? She's well, I've been in love with her since Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She's freaking oh, she was in Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, but yeah, you talk Remy Malek. uh, He'll be the perfect villain. Yeah, man. Be a yeah. perfect villain. He's just so creepy looking already, and he's kind of got this like disassociative property. But it's it's it'll be good. Yes. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm um, looking forward to it. I think when you when you talk about this is his this is Craig's last one. He's had such a 
you know, kind of a bumpy road of highs and lows as James Bond, and especially that he's been very involved in the in the making of the movies too, behind the scenes. I think that for his swan song, this movie's going to be, it's going to be something to look out for, yep. for sure. I totally agree. Okay, cool. All right, number two. Number two. Number two for me. So, I guess this might be in your two or one. It's got to be my number two or one. What is it? I know exactly what it is. I know. Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Yeah. It, oh, uh, my gosh. It is my number two as well. So, wow. Yep. All right. Well, we actually have one aligned, so that's pretty cool. So, Tenet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan, enough said. First trailer drop. Doesn't give you, like, any, you know, insight into the plot. Apparently, whenever they all got their scripts, they had to read them in a locked room because there's so many twists and turns. It's like a, well, not a locked room, but they were like all, they had, were in a room and they couldn't leave with the script because it's so secretive. Part Damn. I'm most pumped about is, did you ever end up seeing uh, Black Klansman? I have, John David Washington. I Dude, know it's So John say. David Washington stars in this movie. He is freaking awesome. I think this is going to be, I he mean, is. obviously he came onto the scene with Black Klansman, but I think this is really going to put him over the top. He is an awesome, awesome actor. Black Klansman was one of my favorite movies from last year. Amazing movie. Yes. Um, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, like yeah. crazy cast, crazy cast. And then it's just it's Nolan, dude. It's Nolan. Yeah. It's so it's got crazy. the it's it's got the typical Nolan cast of a Michael Caine. I wouldn't be surprised if Morgan Freeman shows up. Like it's got those <laughs> his typical guys. But then yeah, John David Washington, who it, it, he just has this confidence about him uh, when you watch him on screen. Love it, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, he's Denzel's son. Of course, you're yeah. gonna have some freaking swag. Very true. Uh, Pattinson has been brilliant lately as well. This movie, the first trailer, was just like, it gives you Inception vibes, right? Like, it feels like this is going to be another Inception-type movie with, like, things going backwards in time. No one loves to play with time, and when he does, it yields results. So... I'm loving it. I got to see that seven-minute preview in IMAX when I saw Rise of Skywalker. What? Yeah, yeah, So I saw Rise of Skywalker in IMAX, and similar to when uh, The Dark Knight Rises was coming out or even Interstellar, I think, Nolan does these prologues that he puts in. So, like, in Dark Knight Rises, if you remember, it was that whole opening scene with the plane where Bane comes in and, like, steals uh, something from the plane and then yep. the plane blows up. They show that in IMAX beforehand. I think we uh, saw we got the to see... Dunkirk one together, right? Yeah, yeah, Dunkirk was the other one. Um, and we got to see this uh, a scene from this movie which was, like, just so intense. Like, the thing that Nolan does is he has a lot of scenes where there's no music. And you just hear, like, so the scene that they showed was, like, some sort of, like, rescue mission sort of thing. Um, and, like, this there are SWAT people running in and you don't hear any music. You just hear like the SWAT people like breathing and like their gear, like moving around. Like it's very intense. It makes you feel like you're in the scene itself. And yeah, um, sometimes no one's a little too ego-y for me. Like I didn't love Dunkirk. It's like a one-time watch for me and I probably will never watch it again. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was well, pretty well done. Yeah, Not as I best, just didn't like, but it was fine. I didn't like the the parallel time things. So I, I was just yeah, very, yeah, yeah. But uh, every other Nolan movie, I think, you know, Prestige is like my my 
one of my all-time favorites of, of his. Really? Uh, yeah, first time I saw Prestige, that twist was just insane. Uh, so he can do no wrong, and I am very much looking forward to it. You know what it. I'd love to see him do? I would love to see him just, like, stiff-arm the studio. I mean, he probably doesn't have the power to do this. And basically be like, nope, no more trailers. I'm not putting any out. People Just, just release the movie. movie. Just release it. Yeah. Because he's mean, got he the power that. to do that, man, because he's freaking Nolan. And the word of mouth and everything, like, that movie's going to make 100 mil plus opening weekend no matter what. Well, you got to market it in some regard, right? They got to show at least one trailer. But I yeah, know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if they don't like just give us anything. I mean, that's sort of been a little bit of the trend lately, misdirection or, you know, maybe the first like 10 minutes of the of the movie cut up into different things. Um has been what trailers have been recently. So, yeah. This um Nolan is just What's your favorite Nolan movie? <sighs> that's so tough. It really is. Um, I was actually Googling Christopher Nolan right now because I was about to try and understand what my favorite one is. He's just got so many freaking good ones, man. I mean, Inception is, like, obviously ridiculous. I might have to go with Interstellar, dude. I know really? the I know the end is really? kind of crazy and it's very convoluted and people like yeah. don't like the whole he's talking to his daughter through the bookshelf kind of crap, but Interstellar is just I mean the way they just portrayed space and when the you know fake science of it all it was I thought it was really cool. Interstellar the first time I saw it was like mind blowing um, yeah. how it it does that. I think my favorite Nolan movie is Inception. Uh, I mean Dark Knight yeah. is. Yeah, Dark Knight's Inception's right really behind good. there, but Inception, man. Inception's well, probably two for me, for sure. Inception is – it's one of those movies that I revisit every, like, five years and watch it, and I'm just, like, floored by the ingenuity of it. It's so good. Yeah. All right, okay. so – All right, now we two. are getting into our number ones. So that was your two. That was also my two. So do you want to reveal your number one first, or you want me to go? Um, I can go because mine was a punt. Was yours a punt for me? Mine was also a punt. Uh, so yours has to be okay. I know what yours is, and you have to know what mine is. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go with mine first. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk mine first because I kind of want to talk what yours is a little more because because it's better. Exactly. Uh, I don't know about <laughs> that, but I think there's a lot more mystery surrounding it in terms of for me. I don't really know a lot about the material, so we'll go mine. Uh, number one, most anticipated of 2020 for me, should be no surprise to people that know who, uh, my taste in movies is the Eternals, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is expanding again. This movie coming out November 6th, directed by Chloe Zhao is on my list as number one because of the sheer talent involved. This cast is absolutely insane. Uh, you have Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Selma Hayek, um, uh, Kit Harrington recently, Camille Nanjiani, and and more that I don't even I, I can't even name. See it that is... worries me more than gets no, me excited. But dude, but think about think about Guardians of the Galaxy. Think about the Avengers. Think about the sheer amount of talent they've had to work with and how they approach it. I, not... I understand, right? So Guardians, yes. Four main characters at one time. Zoe Saldana, superstar. Chris Pratt, superstar. You can't really count Batista and Rocket Raccoon 
you know, with Bradley Cooper being Rocket Raccoon as like okay. a full ensemble because it's kind of, you know, they're very much side characters. And it's really okay. Chris Pratt and Zoe Zeldana's movie. Yes, with Avengers, obviously there's a billion characters and they do a really good job at intertwining everybody. But they're already all set up. They've already all had their individual movies. Cap had a movie. You know, Ant-Man had a movie. That's all these a good guys point. had their own movies. So when you bring them as an ensemble cast later on, it's a lot easier to have them play off each other and have it work really well. If you introduce, so, you know, six, seven mega hitters all at once, it's kind of like, it's going to be a little bit overwhelming. But, I mean, I have faith in Foggy. I'm sure it's going to break all the records and be like a freaking 98 on IMD or on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I don't know. That worries me. I don't disagree with you. Um, there are so many people, and it's all part of this one team sort of thing. But... The way that the movie's been explained to us, and obviously we haven't seen a trailer or anything yet, has been that this movie's going to date over uh, like centuries because they've been around for eternity. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like go back from like. What is this going to be a six hour movie? That? No. But like it's going to take. It's going to be very segmented into different time periods to show you that these people have been around probably the whole time. They've been like influencing. They've probably interacted with Marvel characters before. We just don't even know it. Um, is the Watcher in it? Probably, maybe. Is uh, there's a there's a possibility. But yeah, there's so much to explore with the different time periods that this movie is going to go through. That like, it'll be Easter egg galore. But I don't know, man. It's it's a new team to introduce i'm sure that there's going to be an incredible dynamic between some of the characters uh there's going to be new fan favorites it's just got a story that's a little hidden to us right now but i think that it's going to be another space opera guardians of the galaxy just full-on epic adventure that i'm so excited for yeah, I mean, apparent all the buzz coming out of everybody who's seen footage of it from the press is saying it's like amazing, groundbreaking, nothing like they've seen in the MCU, but it's still got that Guardians. Um, oh, what's like the theme they give it? The like galactic or the vibe that they talk about it. You know, Guardians. Yeah. They say it's very. Oh, why am I blanking on this right now? I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my Guardians gosh. is just great. Guardians is no. just great. Space opera, space. Uh, I don't know. I forget what, what word I'm trying to look for, but I don't know. They say that's amazing. That's all. We'll yeah, say. Well, I I believe it. We'll I say. mean, it's it's this again. This is Marvel. We're talking about. They haven't really had a stinker uh, that has been like that terrible. So, um, yeah, November sixth, the Eternals. I listen when we when it's all said and done and we're talking about this year in movie I bet you because I know you in terms of the MCU you look at the MCU in a very different light you know you're kind of more critical of it it needs to be something that has like a it's got to be something that's for you like you need to find your this did something that normally these movies don't do oh, if I you think, remember when the first Guardians trailer came out I was like this is a joke, right? They're not making yeah. a movie about a raccoon in a tree. Correct. Yeah. yeah you. Yeah, yeah. So the internals is going to have that flavor for you. I just know it. You're going to come back at the end of 2020, and we're going to talk about it, and the internals is going to be in our top 10 list. Yep. I think, I mean, right. I mean, I know it will be. That's the thing. It's just not. Yeah. 
I don't know. We'll see. It's one of those things where you don't get super excited for MCU movies because you just know that they're going to be good already. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, interesting to note that I don't think any DC properties have made our list. I'm shocked. I had a couple. I had uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and Birds of Prey as honorable mentions. Uh, I honestly think I'm more excited. We got to talk about my number one first, bro. All right. All right. Let's talk about it. The number one movie, the best movie of 2020, hands down, easy, no doubter, slam dunk, Denny Villeneuve's Dune. Okay. Okay. There it is. Dune. Tell me why. Because it's my number five. I'll tell you why. And this might be a little bit of a... uh, I'm going to be going back on exactly what I said on why I'm not super excited for the Eternals, but Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Javier Bardem. There are so many people in this movie. Unreal. And then Denny Villeneuve. I mean, come on. He makes some of the best movies of all time. Blade Runner 2049, while it made like 75 cents at the box office, was freaking amazing. I think this will be very, very similar vibes. I heard something interesting the other day on why people thought it made so little money. It's because people didn't see Blade Runner originally. So they thought that they had to see that before they saw Blade Runner 2049, which is why it didn't do so well. Eh, I don't know about that. I think that uh, the runtime had to do a lot with it. Well, Dune's going to be like 12 hours long. It's like one yeah. of the, bi- like the biggest fiction book of all time. It's massive. Okay, yeah, keep going, because I, I want to keep getting insight to why you're so excited. So I just think it's going to be very Blade Runner-esque in the way that it's shot and the cinematography. Is Deacons doing it? Uh, I don't know. If I know Roger Deacons is doing this, then yes, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, let's uh He's got to be doing it. I, yeah, I'm not too sure. And I know that he actually couldn't get Hans Zimmer. Oh, no. Hans Zimmer is in it. Just kidding. Hans Zimmer's got to be doing the music. Oh, no. Hans Zimmer's not doing Tenant because Hans Zimmer is doing Dune. Oh, no. Get out of here. Hans Zimmer's not doing Tenant? Correct. Yeah. That's, oh, that's that kind of that kind of makes me a little less excited for Tenant because, ooh, that sucks. Yeah. So, Denny Villeneuve um, starring cinematography Greg Frazier. Ah, uh, okay. So, that's he. Yeah. Roger Deakins is so good that that makes me a little upset because why would you mess with a good thing, right? Yeah. I mean, but still, okay. it'll, be, it'll still be awesome. I mean, it's a very sci-fi, futuristic movie. It's like, from what I've heard, kind of like Star Wars-y meets Blade Runner and the fact that it's a like desert planet called Arrakis. Um, there's like some drug called the spice, which extends human life. So it's like all about, you know, getting the spice and there's this whole, you know, I think there's like a time travel element to it. And there's a bunch really? of kind of Star Warsy giant sandworm thing. It, it's very science fiction, but yes. I think, you know, with what he did with Blade Runner 2049 and just the rest of his filmography, I think it'll be pretty freaking awesome. Okay. Yeah. Denny Villeneuve, um, Arrival. Sicario, um, and then Blade Runner 2049. He is an artist, maybe the best working today. He's absolutely phenomenal. My biggest issue is that he makes such niche movies that they don't return box office 
Like they're not huge box office hits. I don't and, care. But but th- but like if you get a Dune movie that's obviously meant to set up a franchise that doesn't do huge box office returns, you're never going to get a sequel, right? And that just is something like I'll give you a clear example, like Alita: Battle Angel this year. I loved that movie. It was so awesome. Great action, great effects. But, like, it wasn't a huge box office hit, and I wanted a sequel, and it's set up for a sequel, and I'm not going to get it, sadly. And I feel like that's a potential for Dune, given Villeneuve's recent movies. Like, I, I, I loved Blade Runner 2049, too. I've never watched it a second time because it's, like, a, a, a chore. I, <laughs> I, I liked Arrival. I didn't love Arrival because I thought it was just really slow moving. Um, but Sicario is absolutely fantastic. But... You know, the, the, the talent is there. I don't know a lot about the source material, but the cast is incredible. And with Villeneuve doing it, like, it's definitely something I'm super excited for. I, I want to know more about it. Maybe I'll watch the original or maybe I'll I'll dive into the spark notes of the book. But it's yeah. not like it's not it's in my top five, but it's not up there so high because I just like I have reservations about it. I have no doubts that it's going to be a great movie. Uh it's absolutely going to be a great movie and I'm going to love it, but I'm just very worried to get so attached to it because of the potential for it to be a box office letdown and we wouldn't get more. That is going to be the biggest challenge for him because Arrival Blade Runner 2049 Sicario, those are all very self-contained stories, right? <clears throat> Dune yeah. has you know, it's obviously a novel adaptation, so a lot of plot points. It's really set up to be more of a trilogy than anything else, so it's almost going to be like, all right, when he adapts it, is he going to try and cut the book into three acts, make a self-enclosed first New Hope-esque movie and try and break it out, or is he going to try and jam everything in? And he's not really known for fast-paced action-type sci-fi movies he's more right. slow burn very you know dramatic feel connection to the characters cinematography a lot of slow tense build-ups and really, like really heavy dialogue so yeah it'll be interesting we'll that see. movie i think the success of that movie depends so much on the first trailer's reaction right like if you come out with this first trailer because again i don't think a lot of people know about dune or know what it's about so if you get this first trailer and ex- you know explain to people that this is going to be sort of an original property that has these elements of other movies maybe show them just the 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 cast involved or an action scene get them super excited about this and then you know it's a holiday release kind of just you know, it's all it's all dependent on that because we know that December is going to have counter-programming. It's going to have a ton of other movies. It's a holiday, so there's a lot of stuff. So this movie, think about it. This movie has to be around 200, 250 production budget. Yeah. It has to be yeah. with the amount uh-huh. of people involved. Yeah, it'll, it'll I, be up there for sure. It's got to make – it's got to be almost a billion-dollar movie to – not to warrant a sequel, probably somewhere in like the – 750 worldwide in my opinion to to really talk about it because you always go bigger with the second movie if they were to keep this budget down to maybe 175 150 and then you get that return there's a sequel no doubt but it's it's definitely cause for concern just given you know given his history well what i'm seeing is the budget for dune oh well Never mind. <laughs> it came Is it up, high? No, no. It came up the uh, 1984 the Dune. 
Gotcha. That was only forty I, million dollars one thing. I don't think that this movie you're gonna find that number yet, but I think that we're gonna have this conversation when this movie comes out that it's not gonna be the box the box office hit. I mean, what do you I wanna hear it from you. What do you think this movie given a budget of two hundred to two fifty, what does this movie have to make worldwide at the very minimum to secure a sequel? I don't think as much as you're thinking because I think the studios are finding now that they have to find a more delicate balance between creative movies and big blockbuster, bang, boom, Michael Bay movies. Yeah, but money talks. It does, dude. Money talks. Think about yes it. Yes and you no, have... but like you can't. You also got to realize the bubble that they live in, right? Like they need to appease some of these more harsher realistic critics in order to do things like have awards considerations and get into some of these junkets. So if you just turn into a studio that's totally going to sell out, you're going to lose some of that support from the industry. Is this Warner Brothers? Is Warner Brothers doing this? I it think is, they are. Yeah, if it's Warner, yeah, it is Warner Brothers. It seems Brothers. like a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, um, that gives me less I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, Warner Brothers is such a reactionary studio. I think I this movie needs to make – this movie needs to make – at a very minimum, if it gets very good reviews, it needs to make 600 to 650 worldwide. Um, it's at a minimum because you got to think if it's a 200 to 250 budget, you got to double that, maybe like 2.5 that, uh, and that's what your cost is between marketing and all of that. It's going to be around 500, 500 million just to break even. So you got to make a profit on this thing to to have this. Um, be spun for a sequel to get a green light. It's the only way. I mean, I'm telling you, watch Alita. You might like that movie a lot, and you'll you'll feel the same way that I do. That like, if a movie ends with this kind of cliffhanger that like is leading to a sequel, then you know, you want that sequel. And gone are the days. Gone are the days for me where movies have a first movie that sets up. A sequel, and it's kind of like, okay, we have a clear direction of where these three movies are going. Nowadays, you get movies that are very like, here's the first one. If it does well, well, we're going to make a sequel, and then the sequel to that one, which would be the third one, is kind of like the one big story. Dune, to me, is a pre-existing franchise that it's got that first chapter, second chapter, third chapter. So this movie is going to set up a sequel, and I just don't know that we're going to get it. Well, we will find out. So, Okay. Top 10, 2020, some debate, some some blood moving. Like, I'm ready to go, man. I know. So let's uh, let's just run down our recap real quick. I'll just say mine 10 to 1 real fast, just a okay. quick recap. So number 10, I had No Time to Die, James Bond. Number 9, I had Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds movie. Number 8, Eternals, new Marvel flick. Greyhound at number 7, Tom Hanks, World War II movie. Number six, King of Staten Island, the Judd Apatow, Pete Davidson. Number five, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Excellent! A quiet, number four, A Quiet Place, part four. Number three, News of the World. Number two, Tenant. And number one, the movie that Brian wants to shit on and doesn't think is going to make enough money to warrant a sequel, Dune. Okay. And for me, number ten, Top Gun Maverick, number nine, The Heavyweight Battle, Kong versus Godzilla, number eight, Mulan, uh, number seven, Onward, six, Black Widow, five, the movie that I don't think is going to make a lot of money, Dune, 
four into the heights. Cafe Colecha. Arroz uh, con pollo. <laughs> Cafe number con three, leche. No Time to Die. Number two, Tenet. And number one, the movie that will make the most money this year, The Eternal. <laughs> will it make the most money there? Yeah, right. absolutely, man. It's got to. It's going to be a billion-dollar movie. Yeah. We know this. It's it it's Marvel. Okay. Uh, all right. Do you want some honorable mentions? Do you? What do you got? Run down the list real quick. Sure. Honorable mentions. I had Spielberg's West Side Story. That's Same. coming out. Um, Kenneth Branagh's coming out with another murder mystery. Death on the Nile, Death right? Death on the Nile. So yes, he did Murder on the Orient Express. So I think you know, that was movie was pretty good. So maybe he'll be yeah. able to you know really nail it on the second go around. Uh, we already talked about Black Widow, Top Gun, The King's Man. The yes, King's I have Man. The King's Man on my list as Love well. Love The King's Man franchise, but I, you know, I Same. think that, I don't know, this could kind of potentially be a stinker if they don't really connect it very well. Well, they, they moved the uh, the release date from March to November. I think that that was more of a marketing thing, not that the movie stinks. Um, it's just March has a lot of stuff coming out. So, yeah, I'm excited for The King's Man. Great cast, and it's Matthew Vaughn again. So, fingers crossed yeah. for that one. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I think it's just blah. I mean, yeah. the Wonder first Wonder Woman I thought was just fine. Everybody was freaking I out about it. I thought totally it was totally like, agree. Decent. Upon um, rewatches, that movie is just it's just okay. Yeah, it's uh, just fine. So, and the first trailer for 1984 didn't wow me. So, I'm yeah. not. Oh, super 80s excited. nostalgia, really uh, original idea. Yeah. Um, next one, Jungle Cruise. So that's The Rock and that. Emily Blunt's Disney movie. Yes. I think that looks really fun. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong we talked about. One that's pretty interesting, King Richard. Is that the one uh, with... Is that Adam Driver? No. So King Richard is the story of Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah, Will yeah, Smith yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently there's some like controversy I didn't know about, about like their upbringing and how he was like potentially an abusive father. Yeah, like, really yeah I've heard about this too. Yeah, so, I mean, Serena Williams is, like, one of the, if not the greatest athlete of all time, so it would be pretty cool to see yeah, that Yeah, no doubt. Um, the Tomorrow War, I thought that was that looked pretty interesting. So that's basically, that that's Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons. So Oh, yeah, they're filming that right now. Yeah, so it's Chris McKay movie, guy who did Lego Batman. <laughs> uh, but it's basically man's drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront his past. Okay. I, I mean, I love J.K. Simmons, so we'll see. Um, and then the last one I had is something you'll probably never see, and depending on how horror-heavy it is, I might not mm. see it too, is The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into that one. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's some good ones in there. Um, I'm surprised that you did not mention Last Night in Soho at all. So I had Edgar that. You're right, man. I Edgar had that, Wright. and I saw, it was like number six on my list and yeah. then i looked into it more it's like a straight up horror oh man yeah well, i that, thought it too i was yeah. like oh edgar wright 60s yeah. london this sounds so cool and then i looked at it it's like psychological thriller and then i saw the trailer and it's uh, just like a straight up horror flick okay uh so yeah i got wonder woman last night in soho uh free guy jungle cruise kingsman just kind of all things you had um fast and furious nine you know i love a good fast and furious movie <sighs> uh uh, Birds of Prey, Pixar's other movie, Soul, and then one that I'm also surprised that you don't you didn't mention at all was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I think that that first trailer just kind of like 
played in a very different direction than I think people were expecting. And I'm Jason Reitman taking over for his father and Paul Rudd. Yes, please. <sighs> so dumb. It's so stupid. Why? Why? Ghostbusters, I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. It was a great m- movie and a half in the 80s. They tried to do the all-female reboot that <laughs> fell on its face, and now they're like, okay, I guess we'll put guys back in it. Maybe it'll that sell better. That all-female reboot was not a bad movie. I actually thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Uh, what's his name? The uh, What's that direct? Uh, what's Paul Feig? Hems- yeah, Chris Hemsworth was so funny in that movie, but... The Ghostbusters Afterlife is actual continuation of the original Ghostbusters story. So, come on. It's fine. I don't okay, know. fine. That's fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, one movie so that's that I all. think is actually <laughs> one other one that I had just on here that I'm kind of intrigued by. And I haven't seen any trailers for it, so I could just be totally eating my shoe here. There's okay. a movie coming out called Bad Trip. Like a bad trip, like drug trip? No, so it's like a jackass type movie. But oh, hell yeah. It's got Lil Ray Howery. Do you know who that is? I don't. Google him real quick. You'll see his face and you'll know who he is immediately. He's like, okay. um, he's this comedian. He's freaking Little Lil Ray, Ray Howery. Ray Howery. I got him. I got him coming up. Lil Ray Howery. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, so that dude's freaking hilarious. It's like him and Tiffany Haddish, who I think is just like, fine but yeah like i'm not a, a big haddish fan type movie so i don't know we'll see okay. interesting okay got some potential all right 2020 that's the list um we will review all of the movies on our top 10 list how about that that'll be our goal obviously is to go and see all of the movies on each of our top 10 lists so that we can review them together because those are our most anticipated we got to talk about ah, them at oh some yeah. point we'll obviously okay. be seeing all these because they all come out pretty stag like you know staggered yes, across their they do year, so I mean, hey, okay. we got – this is the first week of the year, so we've got uh, yes. probably 51 movies that we're going to be doing. So Yes. Um, all right, cool. Do you have any closing remarks, uh, any other things that we want to talk about before we uh, pack it in before the next episode, which will be 1917? Yeah, I think we can just talk about that a little bit, 1917. Yeah, 1917, um, Sam Mendes, uh, World War one film i believe right yeah i think so okay so i am really looking forward to this because i have heard that this movie is one extended shot it is a tracking sequence the whole movie now obviously it's not it could not have been shot like that it's edited like that but it is a tracking sequence meaning we are going to be in first person following these guys the whole movie and that to me is going to be so insane it's going to be so intense. Yeah, I'm really, uh, really excited about it. So, disclaimer for 1917, we know it technically came out in 2019. But Correct. Literally nothing is coming out except for that really shitty grudge movie. So, you know. And it's wide. It's wide so in this, 2020. It's wide so. release is next week. So, we're going to be watching Correct. that. Caitlin's yeah, actually so pretty we'll, pumped for that one too. So. I think Karen is as well. So we're going to go see that next weekend, and then we will be back with another episode for Monday. Uh, we have a Spotify channel now. We are on Spotify at Watch It and Rank. Uh, I don't know how we spelled it with one, just yeah, one word, right? One word. Yeah, Watch It, one word, ampersand, rank, space, space in between. I think soon it'll be up on Apple Podcast as well. 
Okay, yeah, so give us a follow. Uh, we'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear what you guys think. What are your most anticipated movies of the year? Uh, let us know because we will talk about them. We will we'll go see them, and we will review them. That's we want to know right. what you guys want to hear. The rankings are real. Yes, the rankings we are, are going real. 2020 are, starting off hot next week. Yeah, we're going to keep an ongoing list. It'll be in the descriptions. Uh, you guys... Listen along and make your list. We'd love to compare at the end of the year. 2020, big year. All right? That's it, man. Got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. See you. Peace.